If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. What are those inputs that you're looking for and, and dialing in for that to happen? What does the roadmap for you look like over the next few years doing this job? The better you get, the more you get paid. What's your secret sauce? What is up, guys? Welcome to another Empower SauceCast. We're super excited to be here with Chandler from Vertex, Carson from Relentless, and our returning guest, Noble, last name? Crowfoot. Crowfoot, that's right, Noble Crowfoot. <laughs> Me and Noble are friends. I don't consider us like super good friends because Noble still hasn't invited me to his pool house, to his pool to hang out for a party. So so like when that happens, maybe I'll remember your last name. Noble, what's up, dude? Good to have you here. We're excited to pick your brain a little bit. How you been? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. <laughs> Noble, we're, we're stoked to have you on here. I think a lot of our reps are really excited to hear from from you because you are kind of the, the gateway between our two companies, mm -hmm. right? And so hearing what, you know, what will help us stand out with competitors and what we're prepared to do over the next few years and be really cool to hear from your perspective yeah. as that gateway. So um, particularly, what is, what is Enium doing different? What's the model like? What's happening on the Enium side to make this whole process more, su more successful for everybody? Yeah, and I think I think as we kind of get into that, I think it's important to also understand like where Enium started and like why we went down the path that we did. Um, you know, when we originally started, it was more so how do we become a bank so that we can lend and obviously have the the ability to kind of create our own products and and have a lot of control. And then during those early years, um, we were actually one of the first lenders to create a loan specifically for solar before anybody else out in the market. So having that um, desire to really create the best experience possible from the beginning stemmed around how can we do it by owning a bank. And so from from that idea, obviously it's really hard to do that. Um, and uh, there's obviously kind of some restrictions with buying a bank that uh, we learned. And, you know, it obviously just kind of shifted the way we wanted to, to move things. But the, the number one focus for us has always been how do we find the best capital so that we can provide the best price to the end consumer. And throughout that, um, obviously, we've partnered with a lot of banks. We've partnered with a bank here in Utah. We filled them up really quickly, and then we started adding and adding more banks to that. So our whole business model has always been Let's go. Let's go create relationships with credit unions, banks. You guys have been using them all throughout the country. Everyone's using a different one. It feels like at times. Yeah, it's like two thousand. Um, because regional banks are smaller, um, and credit unions are smaller, and they typically want to hold these loans on their balance sheets on for themselves. So, anytime you include more parties in a transaction, it costs more money, right? So, so using, using the credit unions is is cheaper capital than the alternative. The alternative is what exactly? Yeah, so think of it as like a credit card. Like if we put all of the loans that Empower does on the credit card every month, we'd have to pay off that credit card at every month to avoid any interest payments, right? And so, you know, we fill up $50 million, we got to go sell the $50 million to pay off the credit card, right? And that's what all the other lenders typically do as far as like building up their lines and selling them. But what happens if you can't sell, you know, your credit card balance or what if what if you can't sell that portfolio sit on interest it, you start paying interest start losing money and so that has happened to other competitors of ours as they've been growing as well and there's transaction fees when, when they sell those portfolios they pay crazy amounts to have them sold off to yeah institutions right yeah because it's obviously someone that buys them then you got brokers then you got someone that securitizes them and they move along the chain um, that's the more expensive route then. So way more, differs way more going right to the credit union and putting the loans right on their balance sheet. Yeah, because credit unions, banks, they leverage money to get a return. And if they're holding loans, that's not like a student loan or an auto loan or a mortgage. These are new loans that they want to have on their, on their books. And so they want to hold a certain amount of loans and they just want to get the return there instead of packaging up and selling it and increasing the price. Would you say that's one of the biggest differentiating factors is we use credit unions, others don't? Um, our competitors have credit union relationships. I think okay. the biggest difference is we originate on behalf of the credit unions. So we actually bring more value to the credit unions because if they want to sell their portfolio to someone else, 
it says their name on it. So like you guys sign deals that have different yeah. credit unions on it. That's why. So that actually brings more value to our lending partners than it would if we were just to sell them a traditional loan. Um, again, it just shows that there's more people involved. And so it, it it's slightly more advantageous um, for us to be with some of the lenders that we have. And some of the lenders like on the West Coast or East Coast that we have actually have turned down our competitors to work with us wow. because of that benefit. And that's why we have an extra step, an extra Correct. doc sign, yeah. right? Because we're actually signing them to that credit union. Yeah, the membership application. Yeah, so in, in like understanding where we're going is it's important to understand where we've been, right? Like I've worked with so many different sales reps, credit unions, banks, lenders, Everyone wants a different flavor, and the biggest thing that is hard to kind of dial in is, like, what does the customer want, what does the rep want, and what does the bank want, mm. right? And it's, like, balancing those all perfectly. It's freaking hard. That's why you don't sleep. Um, that's, that's why I don't sleep. Um, but, you know, to, to, that, to that point, though, that was one of the big reasons why we went to acquire um, not just any sales group, but, like, people that care about the customer, people that care about um, their teams. You know, I think you guys are very unique in the sense that you put a lot of time, effort from all the leadership involved into helping develop the people that work with you. And it's more than just like, hey, you know, these are my sales reps. I, I've met a lot of managers in the market that it's more transactional. And I feel like you guys are super intentional in relationships and kind of building, you know, whether it works out here or not, you're trying to help them better their lives. And so I feel like that difference for us was what drew us to Empower and then being able to have more strategic partnerships with salespeople that see the benefit of our strategies. How can we align those to have a bigger, better product in, as an end result? Was the plan always to bring in a sales org? Um, no, I think, you know, I think when we first started doing this, um, we were selling loans. It was like six, nine, nine, seven, nine, nine loans. Holy. I mean, that was in Utah is where we started. So price for power here in Utah is 11 cents per kilowatt hour. You know, California is like 20 plus, you know, Holy so it's kind of like Florida in a sense, cause Florida is pretty low too. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we had nothing but, you know, rates every, it wasn't a bill swap. It was, a ROI, you're going to pay this off sooner. It's going to benefit you in the long run. So it's a different pitch, but that's how it initially started. So when we evolved with the industry, things got easier, things got more expensive. And then it got to the point where, you know, it was like, what's the, what's the best flavor of the month? And so the sales reps would dictate where the loans go. Mm. And I was very apparent that I could see how that happens. Um, and so my goal was always to say, Hey, let's work with like-minded people that are trying to succeed, trying to capture as much business, but they can also understand the lending side a little bit more so that they're willing to do a driver's license. They're willing to get a membership application. And if they're willing to do those two things, they should be able to benefit in that with us. And so the intent was always to work closely with sales groups. Um, we had never really met any group in particular that was like, yeah, let's go acquire them. But there's definitely something different about you guys. Obviously, Kaiden was one of the first guys that I interacted with and, uh, you know, just very open. Hey, can we do this? Can we do that? You know, we were nimble enough to do some of those things and fortunate at the time. Um, like, why did you guys want to bring us in? <clears throat> um, I think a part of it was the, mainly the, the character, the character of the individuals that we were working with, like Brandon, you know, you, uh, you know, Kaiden was one of the first guys I've worked with, um, and just as we got to learn more people, it was like, all right, like these guys are all consistent. Like no one's a loose cannon and no one's, you know, you guys know who I'm talking about. Like in the industry, there's just sales reps that are all over the place. Um, so you, was it that you, you wanted, have, did you want like consistent volume from good people? Is that, yeah, yeah, is that I like th the play? I think, I think that was, cause we're stoked about it, but like, how does it benefit any of them? Yeah. I think the big part of, for it, from our standpoint was a lot of the lenders will approach an installer and try to win the relationship there. Right. And we would do that too, but then we would see the sales reps go to different installers. Right. And so it's like, okay, how do we, how do we really help the sales reps and then align those with the installers? Mm. And so that was the focus that I had shifted two and a half years before I met you guys. It was like, how do I focus on the dealers and then marry them with the installers and then make those things work together? Um, because now we take Enium to the new installers, essentially. Mm -hmm. Enium follows and power. It's 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 not complicated. It's sales reps 
control where the loan goes. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. And why do they do it? Do they do it because of commission? Do they care, do it because they also take into consideration the customer and do they do it to benefit other people rather than just, you know, blow money on stuff. Right. So those are the components that, that we looked at, but absolutely. It's like, if you guys can have benefit on a lending side, then you're going to push that lending option more. And now it's simple business strategies, right? Like what are your interests? What are my interests? Do they align? And can we align them together to then go tackle things at the same time? Yeah. I love and that. so it's as simple as what can we do to align our interests? And Brandon was a big part of that in aligning interests to say, you guys are going to do a lot of volume. We're not going to approve every single deal because you're going to run into customers. We probably don't want to finance anyways. Right. But if we can capture all of your first looks, help you guys build a culture, help you build a, you know, a benefit that normal sales reps don't get on the lending side. That was like a mutual benefit for everybody. Do we help with the IPO? hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Is it consistent volume? Yeah. I think quality over volume is mm. everything. Um, you know, having a, a consistent volume, but, but a good quality. Um, like I talk to sales groups all the time and, you know, I, I would way rather take someone doing a hundred deals a month. That's consistently getting ACH, you know, doesn't have any complaints, you know, has a reasonable cancellation rate than you know, some of these bigger, bigger groups that we've been approached over the years where they've got 70% cancellation rates or, you know, there's tons of customer complaints or just yeah. whatever. So I, yeah, we'll take volume and quality, but quality over volume all day long. I think from our perspective, it's been pretty synergistic. We feel like the reps have really benefited from this, uh, from the situation mm-hmm. with being part of Enium. What, what have you seen? Cause we're approaching the one year mark, I think of, of, of being together, right? Mm-hmm. What, what fruits have you seen from, from the acquisition so far from your perspective? Um, yeah, I, hopefully I don't make your guys' heads too big. Um, or anyone that's, that's listening. Um, no, I just, I think the, uh, the traction that you guys obviously have with growing in your markets, um, you guys have friends that have friends that have friends that are in solar. And so there's things that are being said about any where, Hey, we want to, you know, talk with you. We want to see what's going on. We want to hear what all the buzz is about. So it's creating a little bit more marketing and advantages for us. Um, I have never cold called uh, an installer or dealer ever since being at NEM. Mm. Everything's been inbound. So it's a word of mouth. Uh, otherwise, if I'm trying to go find a partner, it just doesn't work out. Right. So every successful partner NEM's ever had has been through word of mouth. And so you guys are increasing that word of mouth for one. Um, you know, volume, you guys have been doing a really good job with volume. Um, there's always ways that you guys can get better. There's always ways we can get better. Um, but I think the the big benefits for us is like being able to turn on a credit union and just flip the switch, right? Because we go to you guys and say, hey, we got this new one. We've been able to add or change a few things in underwriting because we took your feedback and now we have a new relationship to kind of roll that out with. Um, you'll see that with some of the new lenders returning on here in California with like adders and loan amounts and stuff like that. But that's been a big benefit for us because it, it allows us to kind of have more control with some of our lenders to where it's like, okay, how much do you want here? All right, let's turn it on. And then we get that for them with, with ease. Right. So that's been really, really beneficial for any of them because of the partnership. Let's dive into that a little bit. Some of these new lenders and, and credit unions that are coming on, mm-hmm. what kind of benefits are that going to, are, are, are they going to be bringing to us? Um, you know, I think, I think a lot of it's just based on, um, the market moves pretty quick, right? And so which of our lending partners can adapt to change? And the more we have, the more ability we have to obviously have those discussions with those lenders to say, hey, we need to move DTI a little bit here, or we need to remove this stipulation, or we need to adjust, you know, whatever whatever that underwriting criteria might be to be more in line. Um, and obviously the other side of that is, do we have the data on any side to justify making those changes? to where it doesn't impact quality. And so those are things that we've been doing on our side to be able to show the data of, does it really matter if someone's, you know, DTI is this or that, right? Because we've seen data in certain performances over the years. So that, you know, that's a, that's a big one as far as benefiting for you guys, but also it's like, 
you know, there was a time where it's like, hey, we need something for loans over 100000 mm. you know, and our lenders won't do anything unless we go to them and say, here's why, here's what we're seeing, here's the benefits. And so that's where Gary and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and I really look to have these conversations with these lenders to say, we need to adjust this, we need to adjust this. And so some of the new lenders that we're turning on have already seen those adjustments that we made a year ago that some of our credit unions were like, hey, we don't want to make those changes right now. So like you might see some of those changes in DTI or adders or loan amounts or even sometimes credit score, mm-hmm. right? So we might be able to go a little bit lower in some of the standard loans that we have. So just kind of evolving conversations with new lenders, that's been, that's that's probably what you'll feel the most as we bring on more. Speaking of new adjustments, I know you guys made a new hire recently into the C-suite of NEM, who's going to mm-hmm. help out with a lot of certain aspects as you guys scale. Yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, I think it's it's important for everyone to understand, like, when a company's growing as fast as we've been growing, it's like you have to prioritize where your biggest impact is, right? And for us in a market right now with, you know, interest rates moving more than they ever have in the last 40 years, it's been priority one is find more lenders, find more more partners to, to work with so that we can continue to, to have competitive products and competitive loans. And as we've been adding more and feeling that that's been manageable, now we've been shifting and, and making intentional moves to invest in software. And you guys see it. Like our software, is, it's, it's a great, you know, it's a great tool. Can it be sexier? Can it be spiced up? Can it be easier? Absolutely. And now it's like that priority is rising to the top now. So we hired a new CTO. Um, he, his name's Kelly Taylor. Hopefully he'll be on here one of these days. Oh yeah. Um, but the dude is just, he's absorbing so much. He's um, super hungry. I mean, that's, that's always my thing is when we work with someone like, if I'm calling any of you guys, I know you guys are going to respond to me if I need something, even if it's at 11 o'clock at night, getting that from other employees as well is important. So you know, him and I are texting back late back and forth. You know, we're talking about how can we do things? How can we change things? And uh, he just jumped in. So he actually built a lot of the softwares at a previous company and, um, you know, in streamlining and in integrating and in making things more efficient through, uh, through different databases. And so we hope that we can become more automated and more streamlined with those insights that he's bringing to the table. So we're, ex- we're super excited. I mean, and there's a lot to, to chew with Anium right now. We've got the portal, and we've got a new version of the portal that we're going to be rolling out here soon. Um, we can get into that if you want. But um, we also have uh, the Anium X that we want to allocate specific resources to that to make it to make it its own kind of animal and machine. Um, and being able to target those two things is going to what helps us scale and then also helps you guys scale. Yeah, what are some updates that we'll see with this new portal? Um, the last for the social will be the only input when it comes to social inputting. So we won't require the full social anymore. So birthday, last four. No birthday. Oh, really? Last, just last for the social. Okay. Um, we will have uh, just a little less inputs on the front end. Um, so it should allow you to get through the application decision quicker. And then it's going to be uh, very, very apparent that it's really hard to get past ACH. So... There's really no way you can get through the application without doing ACH. Cool. So, so it would be like Good Leap. In a sense, a little bit, yeah. So like when I started Solar, we pretty much only used Good Leap, and you had to get ACH, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. It's good for – because like issues that we see with ACH, like when people don't get ACH, mm-hmm. is your Enium's then calling after, mm-hmm. trying to collect payment. Yeah. Can't get a hold of them if it's a bad number. Like Enium's just – yeah, I think, trouble. I think a part of that's also like some of the emails we've seen are like, you know, fake account at gmail.com. Yeah. So it's like we got to do a better job. Email at email.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just stuff like that. I think getting through the application is going to be a lot easier. But that's not the main reason of switching. The main reason of switching is to provide more automation for installers, for lenders, and for API integrations with software companies. So being able to connect to different softwares like NEMX, mm-hmm. different proposal softwares, you know, obviously there's a business that we're trying to cater to Empower, but there's so much more business outside of Empower that 
won't compete, won't interact with any of your guys' markets that we are pursuing anyways. Yeah. Right. And so we're trying to scale all of our businesses, um, assets and angles towards automation and scaling. Yeah. So what are some of those new resources you're going to be putting towards the NEMX app? Because we, we're super excited about it. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of, you know, MVPs and, and beta versions of it. What is going to be done in the next little bit to kind of accelerate that process for the NEMX? You know, I actually, I don't want to get too much into that because I want to, I want to make sure that, you know, Kelly and his team have the steering wheel on those expectations. Um, but everyone's focus has been centered around creating more efficiencies to where people can focus more on selling than like business operations stuff. Mm. And so commissions is going to be the biggest priority of that first um, to make sure that a lot of that stuff's automated, more accurate. Um and then that, the other stuff will follow. But right now, what we're trying to do is just make sure that NEM can focus on, you know, scaling their business. Sales reps and managers can focus on increasing sales without, you know, so these other things being a problem or focus. So we just want to make sure that everyone can scale first and then add features to things as they go. Wow. I think a lot of times that a lot of companies we see around Utah, technology plays a huge part in mm-hmm. their in, in future liquidation events or an initial public offering, how do you see the new tech and Kelly playing into the, the pending uh, next steps for Enium as far as IPO goes? Um, I think the obvious one is scale, right? If we can automate and use software to scale the business, um, that'll help you 2, 2x, 3x, 4x right there. So that's obviously going to increase value because you can scale. Um, but I think the way that we're looking to utilize the software side of NEMX, that's going to be just different as a whole. Um, you don't see finance companies targeting sales dealers yeah. or you know, using a platform like you guys to really help other sales groups succeed. Um, and I think NEMX will be a one-stop shop where people can plug into there, do solar, do financing, and really own their own future in solar because they're not relying on an installer to pay them. They're not relying on you know, an installer to, you know, whatever, but, but it's beneficial for installers too. Right. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity and we obviously could take a lot of time on this. I don't know if we should on this podcast, but there's a lot of opportunity in the relationship between an installer and a sales dealer that software can help with. And I think we've seen software companies out there that are solving those needs, but there hasn't been a lot of involvement in the finance piece of that facilitating that with the software. And so that's the angle that we're going to take and tackle. Um, and, and a lot of it's just being able to integrate to help things scale, right? So that's, our, like, that's a big motto for us is scale, right? We have to be able to scale with software. Otherwise, we're just going to, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. Awesome. I think we talked so much about IPO. We talked so much about that trigger event that's going to be happening in 2023, but oftentimes we forget to talk about what's happening after and afterwards. Mm-hmm. In, your, in your mind, like what's happening after the IPO? Well, as an example, I think you can't stop innovating in whatever space you're in. And I think more importantly, it's like you have to remember why you're doing this. Like any is doing what we're doing to help homeowners be energy independent, right? And that trickles into dealers and installers. We want dealers to be independent and being able to control their own future, right? Not having to rely on so many pieces of the business to succeed. Um, and same thing, like our whole, our whole motto. And I think this actually aligns with empire's motto is we want people to own their future. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, we want to do that by financing the energy revolution and using our software to help with that. But you can't do that if you're not innovating. So we've been focusing a lot on residential customers the last few years. And we actually just rolled out um, our first beta of uh, commercial loans that we're going to be rolling out here in September. And those Which are doesn't exist in the solar industry so far. It 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 does, but it's not simplistic, right? It's uh, you know short term, high dealer fee rate. No one ever gets approved. Mm. Not a lot of business owners qualify because they haven't been in business ten plus years. You know, or the loans are too small, you know, so we're really trying to target that 100,000 to a million dollars in customers that have been underserved and being able to target them 
by obviously auditing the project to make sure it makes sense for the borrower. But we want to be able to tackle the commercial side in addition to residential. But that's just like one example. Like there's so many other things that maybe aren't um, residential related that Enia might be pursuing as we go, you know, the distance. Commercial is a part of it. Different countries might be a part of it. Um, software might play a more bigger role as well in that. So These are all things that the reps will be involved in. <clears throat> well, I mean, the reps all benefit from the innovation that NEM has, whether it applies to residential or not, right? Them, them playing their role and doing their part in residential, they're going to benefit from all the stuff that we're doing in commercial and in software and in different countries. Their effort kind of frees up NEM to move and do the things that you guys need to do to move the company forward. Yeah, I think everyone plays their part, right? Like even in your business model, if the setter's not performing, the closer, you know, if, if, if the people that are knocking the doors aren't efficient, there's so many other people that don't benefit. And so as everyone plays their part, we all succeed together. And so even though residential is a focus of ours now, there might be different facets or different verticals that we get into Obviously, home improvement's an easy one. Um, financing newer technologies, that's stuff that we've talked about. Mm. Um, diversifying how we get our capital. Um, you know, obviously, there's things in crypto to explore. So there's a lot of things that we will continue to look at. But as long as our residential sites doing what they're doing and they're playing their part, it allows us, like you said, Kaiden, to focus on other things for sure. Any, uh, well, speaking of, you know, what's to come are there any kind of cool updates for the reps as far as IPO goes or that trigger event? Any, I know you're you're obviously involved in all those meetings. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, any any cool things happened recently that uh, the reps should be uh, aware of? Um, yeah, I think it's one of the exercises. Obviously, when you go through any of the you know financial auditing processes, you start to look through the books and look at things. And I think we uh, I think we saw some opportunities in Noble Pay to go back and true up. Um, now that Enium has been taking over a lot of the financial responsibilities that Empower had before, um, you know, I think being able to adjust some of the things too. So like one example is Noble Pay will be um, kind of from, from a starting point of they don't have to earn a certain amount of points, I think is how you guys structured it before. So being able to earn Noble Pay right as soon as you sell your first deal, that'll be a big change. Huge change. Um, but I just, I think the benefits that you guys will feel as we go those directions are more so how are we acquiring more lending partners to then help you guys sell more deals. And I think that's the biggest benefit. Obviously the, none of us benefit from an IPO if guys aren't selling the loans or if we're not getting enough business. And so we're not looking at it as sense like, okay, there's benefit right here. It's like, we just got to focus on this while we send all the diligence in and, and take those processes and filing, um, and then obviously play the timing with the market. So I don't know if there's any substance to your question other than as we're going through these processes, we're dialing things in and we're seeing opportunities to where, you know, maybe noble pay should be adjusted to be, be to be audited easier, right? Things like that. So I think it's helps. I think it's so cool to see like most companies and and financing places and banks and things are tightening up, raising rates just right now with the way the economy is and things that are happening where you see NEM being more abundant, getting rid of that that barrier of entry for noble pay instead of being 500 points. Now, it's just as soon as you sell a deal, like you're making your residual and it's coming in that next month, which is so, so cool. What other changes are you, are, are you seeing or planning um, for the next year as we're seeing these changes and shifts in the economy? Um, I don't think there's, there are changes that we are pushing. Um, I just think there's changes that the market will inherently welcome. Um, like again, like when we sold five years ago, six years ago, it was six nine nines. Right. And if you look at the way that people sell today, I think not just empower, I think there's a lot of people selling, you know, one nine nines and lower rate loans. Um, not that any is going to change that. I just think lenders in the market will want to have different products. And then obviously therefore the price will change. Um, I think to your point, Kaiden, over the last seven months, I think lenders have changed their rates two or three or some even four times. And yeah. we changed ours one time 30 days ago. 
right? So it's like we were able to kind of broaden that that blow um, because of our capital partners. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's kind of a balance. Like we've been able to be abundant and make sure that you guys can maintain a good price that we can pass to the customers. Um, but as if who knows what's going to happen with rates, if those continue to change, we as a team just might, might need to be more dynamic and shifting towards, you know, 299s or 399s. And that'll be something that we'll do collectively as a team. It's not something that we're going to, you know, any is going to do. It's going to be based on what our lenders are saying they want in the long term. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what happens when reps continually sell the same loan. Because I'll speak, I'll speak for my vertical. Rip guys love selling the one nine nine. They love it. Mm -hmm. They that's one of their favorite loans. But the first year, fifteen bucks a month, like they crush that loan. Um, what benefits do you see from them being a little bit more diversified in the types of loans that they're selling? Um, the immediate benefits, just on my experience, is being able to prove that they're adaptable. Um, there's a lot of sales reps that came into the industry when all that was offered was like a bill swap, mm -hmm. right? It's like, and, and it's not a knock on anything. I think I saw, you know, Sam Taggart's post or something the other day. It was like, what's the easiest to the hardest thing to sell yeah. door to door. Yeah. And, you know, solar is like, you just swap, swap a bill and you're saving money. It wasn't always like that, but that's kind of the way it is now. Like before you had to really sell the value and to your point, Kaiden, I think guys that only know how to sell based on bill swap, if rates start to move and we have to start selling 299s or 399s, that'll be a different pitch. It'll be you know? And so you're kind of going to weed out the boys from the men or the, you know, the girls from the women and who's actually capable of selling versus just swapping bills. So you're saying maybe start making that transition now because it's coming. So, so value versus make now, price. Make it later. It doesn't matter. But if you don't learn how to adjust now, you're going to be a victim to your environment later because you didn't prepare for it. For sure. And so like that's – I mean there's numerous groups out there that I've talked to over the last six months and they're all coming back to me saying, hey, what's your one and I look like? What's your this? Mm. What's your – and it's like, well, you guys got your interest rates jacked by your lenders because that's all you sold. So – when they come to us, I'm not giving them a break on it. I'm just saying you guys got to blend things. You got to balance things. So there's some companies that pitch things beautifully in presenting options, and they let the customer decide. And that's that's where we want to get to as a company is being able to present options. And we could talk about that in another you know podcast on how to do that. But being able to provide options to customers is the most American way to sell. I mean, sounds cliche, but that's really what it is versus just saying, here's your loan, here's your swap, your payment. Because, yeah, I think to answer your question, Kaiden, they're just going to have a harder time adjusting if the market adjusts. If it doesn't adjust, then they're fine. But if it does adjust, you know, better call up Jake Myers and figure out how to sell it. <laughs> so <laughs> I think uh, the way I envision uh, kind of this, this relationship between Empower and NEM is – is we're all on board the ship NEM ready, mm -hmm. sailing towards an island called IPO, and mm -hmm. we're gonna build up a, a city there. That's that's super awesome, and we got Noble and Gary behind the wheel, and Leslie and Colette and Ammon up in the crow's nest, watching mm -hmm. out for us. <laughs> no pun intended. Literally, and we're all on board the ship, right? Yeah. What uh, what is is that the main thing that reps can do to help out on this ship? Is just to is to diversify, you know, what we're selling and to be abundant and be adaptable? Or is there anything else that we can do further to get the ship there in a timely manner? Yeah. I, I think I think just to kind of go back to your analogy, I think we're all on this ship sailing towards, you know, another continent. And as we're going, we're going to stop on an island called an IPO. But we're actually shooting for the continent, right? It's better. Um, it's better. And, 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 and you know, that was something that Gary emphasized when he was with everybody was like, we're working towards IPO, but we're actually shooting past that little island towards a bigger continent that we're going to go, you know, uh, go towards. So I think understanding that we're, we're working towards the IPO, there's factors in IPO, stability, consistency, growth and profitability, right? For us, consistency is being able to sell a variety of products, right? Being able to sell, you know, good amount of volume. Uh, sorry, sorry. Being able to sell a good amount of volume is consistency. Being able to sell a variety of products is stability. Mm. 
Um, and so being able to present, you know, someone that's going to pay off their loan sooner, maybe it's a three nine nine or four nine nine, right? We're we're going to be rolling out some different products where it's a you know five nine nines offered um, because we want to be able to present a variety of options for our lenders so they're not all just getting one loan or one product because um, that's what they want as well. So to your point, what can sales reps do? Not for any of them, but for all of us to get to this island, and that is learn how to be adaptable and sell the product that fits the customer's needs the best. And I guarantee you, selling a one and nine at a maybe in you know two months, maybe a one and nine's almost forty percent. It's not going to be selling that product, right? No matter how low the payment is. So it's just being able to adjust and sell basically a variety of options based on what the customer's actual payoff time might look like. And I'd love to go through it with you guys to show you the numbers and map it out and say, this average customer is going to pay it off here. Here's how much they prepaid an interest that they didn't benefit from. Right. So we can go through exercises to help visually show that, but adaptability in the market as the market moves is going to be the big determining factor. Here's a question. Don't be afraid to hurt anyone's feelings, but if if you were to pick one rep company-wide in the whole entire company of Empower that you've seen and worked with, that you could just give them like an award for being the best Enium Empower team player. Like this guy's selling a variety of loans. He's getting ACH on every single deal. He's just crushing it and making noble pay residuals coming in. Like who is that rep in your mind that just does it right? I swear I'm not lying right now, but I can't pick one. Come on, dude. Really just can't. pick one. No, I really can't. Like, um, because it's we heard Meyer mentioned before. Because it's well, Myers. I mentioned Myers because it's like him and Sarah and their team. They just they sell the three nine nines a lot. But um, really, but you know, obviously Carson's recent. He's got a lot of people that sell two nine nines, three nine nines. Um, I, I'll say this. I'll answer your question with a different answer because I'm gonna I'm gonna create my own question. Um. There are a lot of people that I interact with and have over the last year, and it's really cool because you have, you have like all of you guys, you would call me on your deals, and now you guys have all kind of become leaders, and then you're helping the people that you've worked with over the years for them to become leaders. And it's cool because you can see, you don't see a change in personality, or you don't see a change in like mentality. Like I've been around enough sales reps to where it's like, oh, they became a sales rep. Now they're a manager and there's like this ego shift in their mind mm. of like, oh, I don't need to do this or, you know, oh, call this person and, you know, oh, do this, do that. Um, and I can name all the people that haven't had that mental shift. Um, you know, uh, Cade is one of them. Um, Carson is one of them. Kate Clower. Kate, Kate Clower. Carson, we got to do Kate last Carson, we gotta pick Carson Law. Now. Carson Law. <laughs> Um, Tanner Leishman. Yeah. Um, Jake, all of you guys, I mean, you guys are all, you know, you guys are all getting in there. Um, loves Meyer. They, uh, yeah. And I think, I think even like, uh, Hunter, you know, Hunter's up there. Hunter Clark. Mm -hmm. Those are the five most common names that empower, by the way. Yeah. All studs, dude. I mean, those are all the guys that call <laughs> me and they're like, oh, well, like, what can we do to, you know, figure this out? And. I feel bad because, like, sometimes I have solutions, sometimes I don't have solutions. Um, but I hope everyone knows, like, just because NEM can't take every loan doesn't mean that we're not forward thinking or we're too conservative. It's like we want to do what's best for our lenders long term, which in result is what's best for the sales reps. And um, I've had interactions with guys when they're like, hey, like, if this is kind of a, you know, sketchy loan, you know, it's okay if any of them can't take it. Like maybe we'll try something else or maybe we just won't, you know, do the deal. And I love that response because it's like they know I'm trying to do everything I can or Ammon or, you know, anyone else. We, they know we're trying to do everything we can to get it done. Um, but I just feel like there's a maturity level in your guys' company to where it's like we know that even though any of them won't approve a deal 100% of the time, that at least 100% of the time any of going to work like a dog to get it done. Dude, that is true. Ammon and you. But Ammon has been all over yeah. for us lately, I, like midnight. Like during a competition, <laughs> Bree Betts closing a deal at 
midnight her time. Mm-hmm. And Ammon's Ammon's answering the phone. I swear it was like Father's Day too. No, it was, or there was like a Sunday. There was a Sunday on yeah. Father's Day that I think yeah. I think Ammon or somebody was was answering the phone. And like if you're in solar and listening to this and you're not working <laughs> with a financer that'll answer your calls on Sunday or at midnight. And on Father's Day. And on Father's Day. You're doing it wrong. You're not with the right people. And Ammon's just like, what's up, dude? How can I help? Like, straight up. And Ammon's, Ammon's Noble's brother, but yeah. crazy. Actually crazy. Well, you, got, you got Ryan that's focusing more on that. Stud. We got Jake that's that's helping out a lot with uh, with Colton. Ryan. Colton, Colton, the gentle, God, you know, him. gentle voice just, like, kills any customer's concerns right on the phone. <laughs> Dave, um... You know, we've got some other people like Shaley's been doing really well on the phones, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people on our team that are willing to jump in and get get dirty and help you guys get this stuff done. But yeah, answer your question, Kaiden. The maturity of those people, you know, I don't think there's any sales rep that's like better than anyone else because I think everyone else has different styles. But the thing that I will just applaud everybody on is like the constant foundation of character doesn't change as people evolve with the growing company. So, and that, I mean, that's an ego thing and you guys just don't have a lot of that here. So I, I bet you wish I was back on the door selling those solid loans. Like I used to, huh? <laughs> what would Kaiden sell? Was Kaiden selling one nine nine? So Kaiden sold like 0.49. I didn't do anything but two nine nines. Really? Let's go. Let's go. I think important too, for anyone listening to this outside of empower noble pay is our residual here at Empower. So you sell a, a deal through Anium, you earn a monthly residual on that for a year. It's a really great way for guys to kind of kickstart their passive income journey here at Empower. So Anium's been, an, been a great partner in helping us work towards that vision we have mm-hmm. of financial freedom here, which is really cool. So No, yeah. well, you've been around. Have you seen other dealers that do residual pay, like from no. the, directly from the financer? Look at this, like, Look at this guys. Cade Clower, call me right oh, now. Oh, give me your call. <laughs> he's probably Cade he's Clower. used to your answering, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Cade, if you're hearing this. <laughs> I had to block you, buddy. One other question with, um, like on the topic of residual, passive income, financial freedom, are you all in on NEM or do you have additional investments? Um, I have a few additional investments, but I have been one of my biggest strengths and probably weaknesses is when I'm in on something, I'm a thousand percent in. Because I know that was it last year that you, Gary, and like one other person bought Mm -hmm. how much you you stacked up a huge inventory of panels, right? Yeah. How much was that? Uh, It was like 10 megawatts. 10 megawatts Mm -hmm. out of your guys' own pocket so that installers and dealers. Right, we sold them and distributed them, and Freaking I mean, crazy, we didn't make a ton of money because we were trying to help the partners. But yeah. it was it was a decent return. I think for us, it's like, you know, Gary's got a you know wealth management background, and he's more seasoned and more. Uh, uh, what was it? The two thousand eight crash. Hmm. He he lost some pretty big accounts, and he he got out of some stuff, and so he has a different perspective on investing that I've leveraged. Um, what's his strategy? Um, everything is just like for him and me, everything's just been real estate. It's just like, it's what we know. It's tried and, you know, you know, dabbled some crypto stuff. Got some crypto on Chandler's Chandler's got get some, yeah. Dabbling in some crypto. Is he um, in dead box? He's in dead box. Mm-hmm. You stud. Yeah. You black gold. Duh. Black gold. Yep. You got um, aluminum or, no, I don't have Matt that G? yet. Matt no, G's doing we great. Just, we got to get the solar one next, right? Solar, solar <laughs> coin coming 2023. Um, no, but I think we've like we've invested everything that we've could have made back into the company this whole time, and I wouldn't have done it differently because of where we're at now and the potential we have. But yeah. I mean, that's probably the weakness side of me. It's just I've been like all in on NEM to where we've been super, super scrappy because of it. Like we don't take profits out like other people think we do or, yeah. you know, and so, yeah, everything's just like back <laughs> into the business or real estate. So when you do invest in real estate, are you multifamily, single family? Um, I've just Pro- made big projects. Done it, yeah. Just like single family stuff. Utah I or done any, um, I'm about to do something in Florida mm-hmm. and then Tennessee. Is that with the uh, group 
Is that with like Axia, Ty Bennett? Or Ty is Bennett. It Ty Bennett. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is that through someone else or directly? Like, are you doing that with uh, through Chris Crone? You doing that through Jimmy Rex? You doing that through uh, Kyle no. Tucker? No, I haven't. I haven't connected with any of those groups yet. No, Ty uh, Ty Bennett was the guy that we talked with. I think back in 2020. I first yeah. met him back then. Oh yeah, yeah he came he, to that retreat. That, with yeah. That yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he knows what he's doing for sure. So it's, it's, it's tough because like for me, and this is a total, I mean, this is just my perspective. It's not a right or wrong way to do it, but, um, I've seen a lot of people put their, you know, time into so many different buckets Mm -hmm. to where it kind of devalues any one of those buckets. For sure. And so it's like finding that balance is really hard and everyone has their own balance. Um, but something that's worked for me is just like if I'm going all in on something and it and it's working, like I just I have to double, triple, you know, I have to double on it every time. So and that's not just as far as money, that's like my my time. Like I don't sleep without thinking about loans or <laughs> different things or software or scaling. Yeah. Like my life is consumed by any um so and I, I probably need to balance that better, but that's been no, he's a great family so guy. Far. We all know it. He's got a great family. But Try. The man that dreams of loans. Noble. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. I'm kind of a probably a concluding question that I have. So we're back on the Noble's ship, on the NEM ship. Are we just going to wake up one day and you're sounding the bell that the IPO is here, that we land on the island? Or is there going to be a moment where we can see it and there's there's a sign that it's close? Yeah. Um I mean, I would picture, have you guys ever seen those uh, those videos of those groups or Vikings or whatever? They're all in the boat and they're all rowing. Yeah. And you got to row faster and harder. Yeah. I'd picture that. Okay. You know, as we get closer to IPO, everyone's rowing. Are we, are we hard. below deck rowing just blind where the I mean, island is? Call, <laughs> call, call whatever you want. Um, everyone's rowing. Um, I, we would never try to keep anyone out of the dark on that, but... There's just so many variables to take into place to where it's like any of those variables aren't going to result in like one day we're going public. Like there's so much involvement that has to be committed as far as all of us. And that's what makes it so exciting is because I feel like we all have the right mindsets and maturity and cohesive vision of like what we're trying to build to where both of these organizations can work towards it together. But if if we're going faster than you guys or if you're going faster than us, it's just not going to work. And so that's where like podcasts like this or what can we do? Like I love those questions you guys have. Like what can we do to really make sure this is successful? And I think a part of that is just we have to spend more time on educating sales reps how to sell the right product to the consumers that actually provide the stability that lenders want. And And that's what I mean by rowing. As long as we're doing that, then we're going to be – golden and then obviously you guys will feel more of the process the compliance part of things start to come into play um and that's that's again that's my that's my example of rowing it's not going to be one day it's here it's like you're going to know it's here because everyone was working like a dog to get it done sweet so i mean as long as we're rowing we're all they're all we're all rowing as hard as we can we're going to pull into the island on schedule yeah i just don't want anyone to have this perception that it's like we're just going to show up one day like anything good in all of your lives and my life, anything that good has come, there was pain, there was resistance, there was challenges that you had to go through to experience the benefits or rewards of that, right? Like you guys have put in a lot of work and have a lot of time and effort away from your families, you know, soon to be families. You guys are traveling. There's a lot of things that not only you, but all the sales reps are sacrificing on the doors, the hours knocking, the heat. But you guys do it because of the benefits and the rewards, right? So I want everyone to understand, like, that's the same mentality and approach to the IPO. It's not just like we're just going to show up. It's like it is going to be hard for everyone because we all have to be doing what we're supposed to be doing in our specific lanes. So hopefully that conveys what I'm trying to say. Awesome. So, Noble, to summarize it all up, let's just keep rowing, dude. I love that. I think that would be a good thing to end on. Do you have anything else for the guys out working hard, boots on the ground, um, that they might need to know before we close? 
No, I think it's cool because you guys are all out there, you know, dogging and, and working hard. Um, I mean, I've, I've done the door to door thing, um, you know, for two years and it's, it's super rewarding. I would have, I wouldn't have done anything differently. Like if I didn't do door to door, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm. And that's like so many people, not only in this Valley, but just like people around the country, there's so much you can learn from doing what you're doing right now at, at this point in your life. And for all of your sales reps to have the benefit of additional value from the loan side and from the benefit of all the stuff that NEM is doing outside of Empower, that's just insane. Like if if NEM can, you know, dial in softwares and 10x, like all you guys had to do is just keep on rowing on the doors, yeah. you know? But then you get all that benefit on the finance side. So if it were me. I would be ecstatic about the position that I'd be in if I was in one of your groups or one of your orgs because of that additional value that I can benefit from. Um, so I think, I think ending on that, that's the biggest takeaway for me is like, I feel like a lot of the people that are working at empower have a lot of advantages that they may not understand or feel. Um, and it's cool because there's sales reps that hit me up and they're like, Hey, like you were with, we're with so-and-so company and we heard there's some residual or stock plan that we can get. How many loans do we have to sell with you guys to get that? And it's like, Oh, well you actually need to be a part of empower to get that. And they're like, Oh, well, how do we do that? <laughs> and it's like, Oh, okay. Well, um, send them my way. Dude. I, I don't, I don't want to play in that game here, but if you, you know, figure out how to get a hold of these people, then you can figure it out. But, um, that's happened a few times, but we're trying not to, we're trying not to take people from companies. We haven't done that, but it's cool. There's a lot of positive energies that you can see it in the industry that there's benefit and value to what you guys are doing. And it's exciting because I can see how Anium's helping in that, but, uh, but it's not taking away from that of anything you guys are doing. So good things to build on for sure. Awesome. Noble. Well, thanks for coming on and until next time. 